here we go. Here we have another episode of High Resolution Life. This is episode three. Annette here, and I am here with my good friend who has somehow tolerated me for 11 years, tolerated our friendship, or perhaps even celebrated or enjoyed our friendship. This is my good friend, Jeffrey Hampton, the private instructor and pianist. Hello. Hello. Um, I hate to tell you, but I think you're making a lot of assumptions there with celebrate. No, no, I'm kidding. <laughs> I'm kidding. <laughs> oh, you're already starting. You're already digging on me. <laughs> oh. So how does it feel to be your own boss? You have control. You have command. <laughs> I th- oh my gosh. How long have I been doing this? Like doing my own thing? Why, why essentially have kind of been my own boss with uh, teaching and doing music stuff. So, but you're kind of doing a similar thing. You've been doing doing your own really of course somebody's car alarm goes off oh i can't even hear it oh perfect okay great living in a residential area see i need a soundproof room anyway what you've been your own boss too tell everybody a little bit about what you do well let's see i I do a little bit of everything right now right now i'm i do uh teach privately though i will say covid kind of put a little bit of a damper on that overall um put a damper on everything oh yeah yeah um you know, I was also working a job at that time at Red Wing Shoes. They put a damper on that. Um, but I did get to go back to school and get to finish my degree. I'm, trying, to, I'm trying not to say, um, I'm being very self-conscious about it. What if I, yeah, if I, I could make that a drinking game. I could take a sip of wine. You start hearing my talking quality go down. You're like, wow, I've said, um, way too many times. I think that means we got a uh, coffee drinking game going. Cause I think I may have switched out a uh, liquor for coffee. Oh, you didn't even spike your coffee. You're not cool. Oh, well, I, I switched out slurred words for uh, ever increasing speech speed there. So. <laughs> oh, no. So you're going to be speaking at the speed of Ben Shapiro. <laughs> uh, yeah, yeah. Eventually. Give me a couple cups. We'll get there. We'll get there. Uh, you know, I... my heart will also be doing like an avant-garde drum, uh, dr- jazz drum solo here in a bit, too. So, you know, it'll be all good. Oh, no. So yeah, okay, so we started talking. We've actually never met in person, fun fact, everybody. We have one of those modern friendships. Yeah, back with uh, Twitter, of all things. Yeah, Yeah, we started talking on Twitter, back when Twitter was first booming in 2008, 2009. Yeah, I I almost hesitate to say back when Twitter was actually a thing, you know, and people on the whole used it, you know. It's still a thing, but now it's kind of been descended upon by trolls. Yeah, um, it definitely it definitely felt like a friendlier place then. Everybody, we were all kind of excited to be on there, you know? <laughs> well, yeah, and, and now, um, like, you had to be more creative back then with how you presented your information. Do you remember trying to squeeze what you were trying to say in that, what, what was it, 140-character tweet? What was it? Let me look this yeah, up. Yeah, 140 characters, and you can't do it. Like, I just, yeah, no. Well, like now <laughs> everybody's... <laughs> oh, excuse me, I've been battling allergies. They've been really bad this month. You know that, though. Oh, that's to everybody else listening. Tis the season. Yeah, tis the season to not be able to breathe. It's great. Um, what was it? Ah, oh, no, no, no. So, yeah, now they're able to add more information, which just gives more fuel to the fire of people being able to go after each other. And then I guess there's this big epidemic of bots. What have you heard about that? You know, um, last time I tried to get on Twitter, uh, was about a year ago. You know, I thought I'd get on there, see if anyone was still on there, uh, which they are. Um, but like the whole like community just felt different. Like, it's yeah, totally there's bots, different. you know, everybody, you know, there's bots. Everybody is like self advertising all the time, you know, hashtag, hashtags, links, buy my stuff. And, you know, it was really kind of like, man, I really miss when we all just like, would chat about the random things we were all just kind of really passionate about yeah it just seems like we don't really get to do that anymore it's like no. I, I respond to people here and there and it's the people that i was already having conversations with 10 years ago mm-hmm. that i was able to reconnect with you know i wasn't on twitter for consistently now i'm consistently getting back on it and trying to put content out and everything because you know that's going to be part of driving twitter um, instagram yeah i'm know. trying to drive listenership and you know bring people over but uh um, I, it was funny. I hadn't tweeted to this one guy on Twitter for, oh gosh, five years. I wonder if tweeted, side note, do you think tweeted made it into the dictionary? You know, it probably did at this point. 
Is it an official word? That's mm. what I want to know. Well, it, too bad we don't live in this world where we have these devices that can access all the information everywhere. Too bad we don't have that. <laughs> um, anyway, so it was funny. I, I sent a message to this guy and he just responded right away. He's like, oh, good <laughs> to see you. And it was somebody I already had conversation with over Twitter before, but yeah it's funny it's like that but if i try to tweet to somebody else you know someone new it's just like oh it just goes into the ether nobody cares it's, mm-hmm. ugh. you know i'd like to give up facebook but it just seems to be able to facilitate more conversation more easily you know i will say there is um i need to do it again because i actually i gave up everything on facebook for a while but the um messenger you know so that i could still oh, yeah. talk to people i talk to on there yep, that's my thing. um and guess how much time I gained during the day? How much extra time? I don't even want to think about it because I wanted to throw up when I started looking at the screen time app and I saw I was wasting six hours a day on yeah, my phone. I found two hours a day of just extra time to get stuff done. Yeah. Well, I'm finding, I don't think, it, it's one of those things where you have to figure out how to, oh God, I'm talking at the speed of Ben Shapiro. Oof, I gotta, I gotta <laughs> tone it down a little bit. Let's pump the brakes. Um, oh my God, it's my cat. Sorry. I just saw this thing, but didn't I do this the other day? When I, no, I was on the phone with my friend, Chris. My cat will just show up beside me and I'm like, ah, it's like that scene in the office where Angela shows up beside uh, Dwight and he goes, ah, but, but, he, but he says a word that I'm not going to say. He says, fudge. <laughs> That's me with my cats. I'll be on the phone and stuff. I'll be like, hey, how's it going? And I'm like, ah! <laughs> not even kidding. Anyway, why is she like, Stella, you can come back. I just oh, it's always amazing how um, no matter what you're doing, pets have got to be a part of it. These cats, I thought cats were supposed to be aloof, but I have this one. She's just like crawling in my lap, leaning on my arm. She's like a clingy girlfriend. No, they're just supposed to be jerks. You know, maybe, you know, sometimes abusive relationship jerks, but still just, you know, jerks. But they're not. These cats aren't. They're just clingy <laughs> and they're just like, you know what? I just love you. And I think it's more than just giving them food. I think they just love me, which is so weird with cats. <laughs> who knew cats were capable of love? But that any- is. Who knew? You know? Oh, I have something to say about that. But where was I going? Um, um, Jeff, help me. Help me. Oh, so if we're circling it back around. So yeah, you know, um, <laughs> COVID, you know, kind of did put a damper on, well, just, just everybody's life. You know, yeah. it, changed, it changed a lot of things for everybody. I guess it kind of gave me like the chance to go finish something I had left behind before. Because as I did mention, I got to go back to school and I am getting to finish my last year of coursework Woo! to actually have my... Um, what I thought was my long abandoned uh, bachelor's of uh, music performance there. Uh, yeah. And that's exactly, that goes back to uh, how we started talking because mm-hmm. I was getting into piano performance studies. I, I thought I wanted to do that. And I still, you know, I still perform, I still do music work, but the, you know, the standards that they have set in the classical music industry, it, it just doesn't really enable a working class person to be able to pursue a performance career I, I don't know. I mean, I think we've talked about this before. It's very difficult. For piano they, performance. They, uh, yeah, they have a lot of different, you know, the standards are very tough, you know. Um, and you could definitely make an argument that they are not, you know, knock on wood, the most realistic standards. You know? Yeah, exactly. Um, so, I mean, that's, that's why I worked away from that. But you, like, what? I mean, obviously feel free to... Sh- share what you you feel pertinent or you want to you know you're mm-hmm. not getting put on the spot or anything but what you went to chicago for a bit and then what else happened well, how, so how, did, how why did you have to put it on hold well i had to put it on hold uh several times um the the first time <clears throat> excuse me there um mm-hmm. uh yeah i did go to chicago i went to school to chicago back when shy town yeah, like the that was like the normal age to go to school, you know. So I was like eighteen, you know. The and normal age. Yeah, yeah. The, the, the expected, the expected age of going to school, and um, I moved to Chicago. I got into the uh, Roosevelt University, Chicago College of the Performing Arts, um, which yeah, it was a lot of work, uh, and I 
I didn't do so well, you know, leaving home for the first time, not, not my best time. Um, my health did take a turn for the worse that year. What happened? Um, oh God, I keep saying, oh, am I really? <laughs> I'm not really noticing. I don't think uh, you're seeing it that much. I use it as a comma, you know? Huh. Maybe I can go Shatner on this, you know? I um, went to um, the Chicago College of the... <laughs> No, uh, my health took a change for the worse there. I, I kind of started dealing with some um, insulin resistance, but I kind of oh. didn't know what was going on. Oh. At that time... What was happening? Uh, my memory was going to crap. You know, it was not working too well. Uh, energy levels, I, I had none. And really, one of the big issues was like, it was something very treatable, but at that time, like the doctors didn't think to say, Oh, Hey, it could just be this. Oh, I mean, for a while they actually thought it was cancer. Holy crap. What kind of cancer were they, were they uh, thinking? Pancreatic. They were oh. like, maybe we need to consider pancreatic cancer, you know, <laughs> like, Oh, good Lord. That can, <laughs> that can do you out pretty quick. Pancreatic cancer, man. It's ruthless. That's so a, I don't want, I don't want to be the type to, to yeah, I don't want to be the type to make excuses because, like, at the end of the day, you know, I let something like that kind of control my life. Uh, yeah, but there's that, but it's like, that's another thing with classical music. It seems to not account for the fact that we're not robots, uh, particularly <laughs> pianists. I don't know. I, mm -hmm. I mean, opera, I don't know. There's a bunch of hypochondriacs among us, you know. <laughs> opera singers it's just like oh i coughed i can't <laughs> sing today but pianists seem to be more like workhorses you know yeah well see the funny thing was is it took them two years to fe finally be like oh hey this is what it is and then i got put on some medicine for it and i got you know like better from it pretty quickly you know like my Good. memory kind of came back um the energy levels that was like the the hardest part was you know getting your energy level back because yeah, those kind of programs, the music programs, they want so much, like so much memorization, so much work. You got to work full time in a practice room. Oh, yeah. Six. I, remember to, I was doing six hours a day. You know, yeah. Do your 15, you know, they want 15 to 18 credit hours. They'll load you up, you know, and then like whatever else you got to put in there. And it is just a lot of work. So yeah. I, I didn't do so good that first time. You know, I left at the end of that year uh, and I kind of just chilled for a couple years. And I didn't yeah. go back until I was like uh, 24, like 24, 25. I auditioned again uh, at Indiana State University. In oh, okay, so a different one. Yeah. And I thought about going back to Chicago, but uh, you know, the... Uh, the tuition prices are insane. Oh, astronomical, man. And if I actually look at my student loan debt, the um, roughly close to half is from that time in Chicago. Just the one year? Yes. Good Lord. Yeah. No, it's, it's kind of crazy. Like when I actually break down the numbers, I'm like, oh, I know. Ouch. So I did go to ISU and I was there for about four years and I came really close to graduating. And what happened the second time was I did have some family issues, you know, yeah. that I had to take care of. And I found myself having to travel back multiple times a week between Terre Haute and my hometown, Evansville. It was a two hour drive, but. I remember one time you were actually considering coming up to Pennsylvania to study. Yeah, that was, I was really thinking about it just to kind of get away from Indiana. Yeah, with my, with the teacher that I had, Dr. Tim Schaefer. Mm -hmm. And it yeah. seemed like it would have been a decent fit, you know. Yeah, like he's, he was a great instructor, but you know, I, I mm -hmm. ran into life stuff too, funding issues and all that. So, oh, yeah. I mean, I had a great time at Penn State School of Music and I still study with, uh, you know, faculty, <laughs> with the, you know, faculty emeritus from Penn State, you know, so. Oh yeah, no, it was. It looked like a great school, but you know, tuition costs are definitely down if you stay in state, which kind of uh -huh. helps out a lot. Ooh, yeah. And just that second time, you know, dealing with all the issues of like having to take care of my family, I did not. You know, I ran oh, into. That happens. 
Yeah, you know, uh, between all the running back and forth, I basically ran out of time. I didn't have any more financial aid with which to complete school with. Right. So I walked away. And um, that was actually uh, seven years ago, back in 2013. And so since then, you have, you worked at Red Wing. Oh, you also did oh, the pizza delivery. Pizza delivery, yes. Oh pizza my. delivery, uh, where I'm just like, all my major life decisions have revolved around tornadoes. <laughs> I love that time where you just sent me a message about that one time you were delivering pizzas in a tornado. How did that go? It was... There was a uh, tornado warning out that I had just missed the call to uh, come off the road while delivering pizzas. Like if I would have just waited around like, you know, 15, 20 more seconds, they would have said, oh, no, no, don't go out there. But I ran out to the car. I had the pizza and I'm driving, you know, and like it's I don't know if there was a tornado nearby, but the weather was bad enough that there was the warning out and like. Did you see any flying monkeys? (laughs) I mean, I did see some flying branches. (laughs) <laughs> flying monkeys though all right you at least were not at the wizard of oz level tornado <laughs> i mean and i'm i'm off on you know like this little you know these side roads that are like surrounded by nothing but trees and like out in the middle of nowhere and it's rain's coming down you can't see and i'm just like oh god oh god oh god you know i was panicking <laughs> just a little bit someone needed pizza yeah, yeah. Um, I did get the pizza delivered. I can't remember if they gave me a good tip. I want to say no. I think I would have remembered that tip if well, it was I think a good that, one. Well, you had sent me a message which cracked me up. You said, I just delivered pizza during a tornado warning. I've been doing a lot of rethinking of my life. <laughs> yeah, that was that was um, a very literal message, too, because I was kind of just like, what am I doing with myself? So, yeah, I left pizza delivery because, you know, at that... Uh, it, they weren't bad jobs, you know, they, they paid, um, but the <laughs> downside, yeah, the downside of pizza delivery is uh, <laughs> it ruins your cars. And I went through two vehicles in two years because of pizza delivery. Oh, crap. Yeah. <laughs> um, so, yeah, I worked at Red Wing Shoes then for a couple years. And then recently with all this, I had the opportunity brought back up to me about a getting to go back to school and finish my degree, which I was really, really close to having completed. Woohoo! So back and if, to the same school? Yes, back at ISU, which I contacted them, and I'm like, oh, this is actually quite possible. Oh, boy. Uh, started getting nervous, you know. <laughs> and then I found out the real kicker. What was it? They're like, well, we're going to need you to come in and audition and the audition was like a month away. Oh, well, you had been working on rep. I had been working on a little bit of rep, but it was just different kind of work. Because, you know, when you're just kind of playing for yourself or doing your own thing, you don't have to worry about things like memorizing. Oh, yeah. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Uh, or if it fits a certain parameter, you know, whatever that they set as their requirements. So going into that, I had, uh, I'm not kidding, only two of the four things I needed for an audition kind of ready. And what did you do for the other two? I worked very hard for a month. (laughs) How many hours a day did you practice? You don't want to know. Basically. Now I want to know. Uh, any of my free time that I could find. If I was like awake, I mean, sometimes I would just be like, you know, if I'm even on the phone, I would be like on an electric keyboard kind of drilling away. And I uh, remember that. You, yeah. you would be going through what, Clementi? What was the other one? You um, had at the time, I was, uh, it was Beethoven, um, Chopin. Oh, gosh. A Scarlatti. I did. I pulled out some oh, Scarlatti. Yeah, it wasn't Clementi. It was Scarlatti. Got it. And um, Guinestera for some little more modern flair. And I basically just had to be like, oh, God, I hope I can memorize this. Which, th- that was the tough part was going uh. from, you know, when you're playing just for fun, like, not not just like the memorization, but you're not worried about, well, how's my technique? Am I being efficient? learning it in a certain length of time you know i was taking five or six months to learn a 10 minute piece because i could and i didn't have any pressure on me right 
And then I got that pulled out from under me and I was like, oh, so I got to be back to, I got to be doing what I was doing like almost a decade ago. And I got real nervous about it because it's like, I don't even know if I could do that anymore. You know? How does that feel like going back to the level, you know, the, the standard that they have for performance majors? How does that feel going back to that 10 years later? It was uh, difficult at first, you know, like to reset up those very high standards and go from a, oh, this is fun to this is your job. Ugh. You know? Oh, I sent you that picture where it said, uh, wait, let me find that meme I sent you. Uh, it, it's a it's a comic picture where it says about how you're how you know you're a professional. You're like I don't enjoy this at all. And <laughs> let me find that. I sent it to. Uh, hold on, I sent it to somebody. Here it is. Oh, it's this guy sitting at the piano, and he says I don't enjoy this at all anymore. And then it said how to tell if you're a real professional. <laughs> I do feel that's a little unfair, though. That being said, I I also like really relate to it. Like I feel. I actually feel that if I would have finished my degree then, um, that I would have been in the exact same place. Really? Yeah. Uh, the only, like, if there's a positive side, of course, when with life, you just got to, you know, you, sometimes you got to look for the positive in something, you know, and having those, having that break in there, you know, and working, uh, let's call them what they are, working crappy jobs, you know, for minimum (laughs) wage, you know. Mine was handing out samples. (laughs) You know, or no full-time work, you know, no benefits, anything like that. It kind of helps you appreciate things more, you know, like appreciate what you actually liked about it. You know, the story with the tornado is kind of just that. It's like, oh man, even if it wasn't, you know, even if I wasn't in any real danger, it at least felt like danger, you know? It felt like danger? I would say that's actually <laughs> danger. What are you talking It felt like danger. What? Well, you know, I'm just trying to be a manly man on your podcast here. You know, a manly man who does manly things. Oh, I'm not for nothing, man. I, say, I fight saber-toothed tigers. Um, <laughs> I fight wasps. Does that count? Yeah, you do. You fight wasps. You're the mighty fighter of the wasps. <laughs> uh, no, no, but uh, yeah, you know, it, it put things in perspective a little bit in the sense of it helped me appreciate what I did have and more importantly, what I was actually passionate about in life. Right, right. You know? Yeah. No, that's how I felt. I don't know. I think I might and I might have enjoyed the sample job more now because I found out that I'm an extrovert whereas before I thought I was an introvert and it's just I was just very stressed out and just didn't enjoy talking to people <laughs> as much and I didn't realize it was something I actually enjoyed until a couple years later I'm like oh so that's why when I'm in the house by myself for too long and I don't get to be around my friends I start acting a little weird I'm not <laughs> actually an introvert oh man I, I'm told I feel like I'm an introvert. Uh, I think I've tricked a few people along the way into thinking I'm an extrovert. I thought you were. I I really feel like when being an introvert, a lot of it is what you need to do to actually kind of recharge. Right. And uh, I I know how to be social. Uh, I did have my moments where I was like definitely socially awkward, but you know, I grew out of it. I learned how to be social. Did you, did you grow out of it? Eh, Some days. 50 50 you know 50 50 okay good at least you're self-aware <laughs> otherwise i'd be here like bro really and you know just you're still like awkward. i still <laughs> like well you just need that alone t- i still need that alone time to recharge like it time is time with your awkwardness yeah essentially i need time <laughs> with my awkwardness you know i need that time to be hello darkness my old friend <laughs> you know Da, 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 da. You brood then oh well okay that also being said what oh i, almost I, I, I don't brood i, I prefer to ooh, ooh. We're good. i don't brood i prefer to daydream oh okay that makes it sound fluffier i guess it makes it sound optimistic that being said i did not realize being a you know training to be a, a music performance major not knowing myself well enough to know doing a little bit more of a social instrument might have been a better fit for me. I mean, you should, as a musician, to be a well-rounded one, 
you should always have that piano bass. You always should. You should have one of those equal temperament instruments always under your belt. Always. Like that's highly mm -hmm. recommended. And that's why they recommend it in the music curriculum. But you know me, I'm the opposite. You know, I like to go out and get a couple drinks, meet with my friends. If I'm sitting at home, I'm like, oh, I wonder what my girlfriends are up to. Oh, <laughs> I want to go see what's my family up to. I want to go get a haircut. I want to go hang out. I want to go for a run. You know, I'm very social. I'm like, I don't want to work out at home. I want to go to the gym. I want to see what meatheads I can make fun of. You know, it's like, I'm, that's my thing. So you know for sure that I'm an extrovert. And if I have to sit at home and be alone, I'm like, okay, I'm working. I'm not doing that for my recreation. And you know, piano is not the instrument for that exactly it is not social at all like you've just spent so much time on your own but for you that's refreshing isn't it it is like you know I, I like to joke that you know part of it is just locking yourself in a small white room and some days i'm like way way too comfortable with that notion mm. You know, they, they got windows on the practice room now. And I'm just like, no, can we just tape those up? I want to just be like shut into this tiny what? room. You they know? have windows now? I don't remember that. Yeah, they got windows. Uh, they um, renovated the uh, the music school over at ISU and it looks really nice. It's like a completely huh. different place. They upgraded a lot of stuff. It looks really nice. Now all the practice rooms have like a window on the door. Uh. And I'm just like, <sighs> Well, I wonder if that's a law too, because there was uh, like child safety laws in the in, in Pennsylvania after the whole Sandusky scandal that you could not have like in churches, there was safety training and stuff. You could not have kids in rooms without a window that someone could walk by and look. And if it yep. didn't have a window, I think if I remember correctly, you had to keep the door open. Yeah, there's um, part, there's, of, part it, of it. It could be, <laughs> I would almost think since maybe like they're meant for essentially like adult over 18 use that it wouldn't matter um mm -hmm. but you know that being said like i know the no, school I still, also I still they also have... teach kids so i mean like yeah you know having those windows in there is probably very important well i st well you never like with the whole like assault and kind of the me too movement yeah i think that would probably be part of it as well if you have more than one person in the room it can be a he said she said type deal mm -hmm. but uh i know actually teaching at uh, a community college i still had to take the child safety course huh. for yeah i still had to take it to be able to teach there even though the majority of my students were over 18 and some of them over the age of 30 and 40 well it's a good skill to have you know i mean especially when you're like i think you know, you're, um, it's, it's just safer for everyone. Oh yeah. You know, practices and you know, you're not putting, you're not put in a situation where things can be misconstrued and you know where the line is, you know, what's proper, you know, what's best practices. And you know, when I'm, when I'm teaching privately, like most of my students have actually been adult learners, which is kind of interesting. Really? Why? And how's that uh, experience? Well, it's different than teaching uh, a child, you know, with, with a child, you're kind of like, depending on the teacher and I know like some of them I, I don't think you have this like same issue with it I sometimes do and it's kind of like you know hooking the child in you know to be excited about what they're learning you know oh okay and sometimes I mean that's a, that's a problem with the adults too but a lot of the adults like there is more adult people who are kind of going oh man i really wish i would have stuck with it i'm, I'm gonna go learn yeah. it now yeah. and then totally not realize what they're getting in on yeah yeah okay so what they so they think it's going to be easier now that they're adults because they, that's more uh you the, the prefrontal lobe <laughs> if i, <laughs> I could heard stop a... coughing that'd be amazing <laughs> <laughs> yeah no i heard a really great description and i can't remember where i read it but it was a violin teacher who they never like discouraged adult learners but they basically told them okay what you need to understand is is that this is really gonna it's not gonna be easy it's actually gonna be closer to going back to kindergarten mixed with physical therapy and if you're really? okay, and if you're okay with that, you'll do fine. Wow. Yeah. Yeah. There's this expectation. It's like, they think that learning, <clears throat> oh, if I could get a sentence out, this would be great. This is like, this is like self-imposed censorship, body, <laughs> bodily self-imposed censorship. It's like, I can't finish any sentences. This is ridiculous. <clears throat> Overlords, <laughs> stop it. Okay. <clears throat> Anywho. Um. Yeah, Rona, I, I, is that you? Stop it! Sorry, I should have said you can cut that one out. Sorry. <laughs> <laughs> no, 
terrible. I've never felt so powerful than whenever I go to the gym. I still have a mask on and everything. I wear the masks mm-hmm. to walk around. I go to Planet Fitness. And um, it's funny. And I'll have that post-nasal drip for my allergies, right? And I'll <laughs> cough. I have no other symptoms. Like, it's all, I know it's allergies. I get oh, no, no. September. It is like allergy season. Like, you know, it started changing. The weather started changing out there. It's getting cooler. And just all of a sudden, like, the drainage and the stuffiness that comes with it just started and it's like you know what it is but like you go out and people will just look at you i wish i I miss the days where i could sneeze and where i could cough like i never felt so powerful than when i walked in planet fitness i hop off the elliptical and i'm like and everyone just boom they all eyes on you i'm like oh come on man so wait are you actually working out with the mask on some things I do for the strength training I yeah. do, but not for cardio. Um, I they they mandated that you have to wear the masks in Planet Fitness before they did not. Now, uh, she went in. She said you have to wear a mask. I said okay, I get it. And I, I said one question. I said, do we have to wear it once we get on the machine? And she said no. She said you can take it off once you get to your machine. I said yeah, because this <laughs> would be kind of torment. This would be like medieval level torture if you have to wear a mask while you are trying to run on the treadmill. Oh, no, the first thing I'm like is like, oh, man, loopholes are great. But also, just realistically on that one, I'm just like, those masks are not fun to breathe through when you're just like walking places. Oh, you know what's the worst? This happened to me yesterday. So um, I kept the mask on while I was doing strength training because it's not a big deal. It's not as cardio intensive, right? So mm-hmm. um, I went, oh, I was leaving Planet Fitness and I, I take it off when I'm getting to my car. So, you know, I don't need to wear it in my car. I've forgotten though, and it looks hilarious. Um, so I take the mask off and I was very sweaty from having been on the elliptical and there was this waft of sweat that flicked onto my face like it splashed and I just bleh. oh Jeff <laughs> oh. I wanted to barf I was, and I, I like retched I was like bleh. oh that I was like that was gross <laughs> oh. <laughs> <laughs> it was just this, it was like this windshield wiper effect of oh, like Oh, I need a windshield wiper. It was disgusting. Oh. <laughs> <laughs> oh. So no, I, I I wear it with the cardio, but I don't wear it while or I don't I don't wear it um once I get to the cardio machine. Yeah. Uh, you know, elliptical or the treadmill. Th- that that would just be too much. I yeah. I can just imagine that. <laughs> I mean, especially you know, being asthmatic. Oh, gee, that's Walk- just yeah. Mm. Oh yeah, I do have asthma. Mm. So uh, I mean, yeah. walking walking I could do if I'm on the treadmill and I'm just walking. That's one thing. But yeah, um, <laughs> anyway, so back to what we were talking about with piano and all that, uh, uh, the adult learners. No, I feel like there's this assumption that you think you can, it's going to be easier just because you've got the routine of knowing how you function and exist in the world is going to be easier when you're an adult. It's not that you're capable of learning. It's just, you're used to knowing how to do everything. Yeah. Yeah. And th- that's, that's really the, the challenge there is getting them comfortable with that vulnerability. You know, they'll, they'll see these, they'll see these pieces and they'll think, oh my gosh, a child could play that and then struggle, like struggle with it majorly. And it's like, well, you know, you're, you're still learning to build muscles, which you don't use, you know, it takes, you know, time and consistency. And of course (laughs) I try to, I try to hammer into them, you know that consistency is far more important than length, you know, just practice like 10, 15 minutes a day and you'll actually improve pretty dang fast, you know. And we can come up with that so easy, but you know, um, I'm not, I'm not against using social media. I'm not against using phones. I don't think I, I don't have any problem with it. It's like, it's like whenever people try to say about banning certain things, I'm like, no, I, we have to learn to live with these things rather than get mm-hmm. rid of them. I don't really advocate for getting rid of social media. I'm like, oh, it's the devil. I'm like, it's already, <laughs> it's already infiltrated it, us. So we have it, to learn how to live with it and take control of it rather than get rid of it altogether. But social media, if you're not thinking about it and you're just scrolling through mindlessly, if you don't have a purpose once you're getting on social media, that totally eats away at things that you want to do, like playing piano or learning a new skill or building into a hobby. Mm-hmm. It does. I think. Very the, much so. Yeah, the screen time app. That was a great thing. Do you have that on your iPhone? <laughs> I do. I do. It will kind of break down what I'm using it for. Doesn't and like it make how much you time. want to just throw up? <laughs> I know. I know. It's, I mean, the thing is, is like with social media is, is like, 
I mean, there's some drawbacks to it, but you're right. It, it is reality. It, it is out there. I mean, and it's also a tool that can be used. And sometimes you just got to kind of remember, yeah, it's a tool. I can make use of it or I can let it just like dominate my life. Yeah. Oh, yeah. I mean, sadly for me, it makes me feel terrible that I have to, I'm on it more to get my stuff going with uh, using, getting the podcast going and mm-hmm. doing my freelance work and writing. So I hate seeing the number go up, but I know, well, it, it, it's nice that it breaks down what apps you were on, but it can really shed light on, wow, I feel like I can't get anything done. I don't have enough hours in the day. No, you do. <laughs> Your brain is just trying to get that dopamine fixed from Facebook and Instagram and Snapchat. Oh yeah. No, it's... <laughs> And it is really easy to just go down that rabbit hole. Like, oh yeah, really easy. <laughs> like I'm looking at mine now. So like my highest thing I use is messages. Like, yeah, I keep up with people texting and all that. I do that. Uh, clock was the highest. Cause I use it for time as a timer. Messenger was pretty high. Facebook was 32 minutes. That would make sense. Um, what, what, what's, what's your culprit? What's stealing your time? Let's see. We're going to pull this up. I had turned my phone off like a good boy. Oh, I did not. So I'm, a, <laughs> <clears throat> I'm the bad guy. Oh man. You gotta, you gotta say that like a really whispered. I'm a bad guy. Yeah, what? I got to dye my hair green now, right? No. And start wearing really <laughs> ugly clothing. Uh, yeah, yeah. You got to start looking like you just got out of bed. And it's supposed, time. and it's supposed to say some kind of political statement about, or some kind of statement about how women have unrealistic, or they have unfair, uh, realistic expectations about. I can't, you know what? I can't even. I can't even. I mean, spit can't that you out. add that on just about any art, just <laughs> like anything out there, and just be like, yeah, this thing's really about politics, you know? Anyway, anyway, so what do you spend? What are you wasting Let's your time see. on? Let's see. How do I pull that up? They just updated my. Uh, here we go. They made it easier to pull up. I got to update my phone. Oh, my big culprit is YouTube. Oh, what are you looking at on YouTube? Oh, wait. Usually I'll use it to listen to background stuff. Uh-huh. You know, like either videos or, you know, music sometimes or just, and I'll just kind of have it going on in the background while I'm doing other things. Let's see. Next is Facebook at seven minutes. Nice. Seven whole minutes. Let's see what I can see if I look at the week. That might give us a better. Okay, guess what? It still is YouTube. Facebook? Oh, still YouTube. <laughs> For the week. Okay, let's see. I had nine hours yesterday, but I know how I got that. I was on the elliptical and I was <laughs> watching some podcasts. So I know that's what was part of my screen time. Yeah, so no, it says for me personally, I'm u- my average is, is I'm using more what they're calling quote unquote entertainment. That's what it looks like for me too. And then my social is actually really, really small. And then third is shopping and food. So we can tell what I'm thinking about. <laughs> Mine is messages, which I think is very indicative of me being an extrovert. I'm just keeping up and chitter-chattering with people <laughs> all the time. Yeah. I, um, that is great on that. Like, though, I almost feel like I have five apps that allow me to talk to the same people <laughs> over well, and over. We always use Facebook Messenger, which is weird. Uh, yeah. I, I don't know how that happened. I think sometimes I'll just, like, start doing it and then, like, everybody will just keep doing it. And I'm like, Oh yeah, this is the one that we're all preferring now. I don't know. You know? <laughs> right. It's like, you know, also got iMessage. Technically I can send messages like through Skype, <coughs> text, Instagram, even gee, you know, I know. Facebook messenger is our uh, habit that we've formed. I mean, I, I won't do Snapchat. I just, you know, that one's, oh, that one's not that fun n- for me. That never, yeah, that never stuck for you. I'm not as into Snapchat anymore. Um, and there's always Instagram, but I always feel like I don't know what I'm doing on Instagram. <laughs> Are you? You're old. I am old. Okay, so yeah, what is that like going back to the college atmosphere being old? As an old man, well, just to I you just know, to give 30, some perspective. So I'm just yeah. teasing. Oh well, you know, the, I'm I'm a, I'm a bit older than you. Actually, next week I'm turning 34. 
34. I mean, I think I'll have an existential crisis at 35, so we got a year before I start really questioning my 35, life. Hey, th- 35 is when life insurance premiums start going up, so you better get on that, son. I know, I know. I better get on that before 35, like the important thing, the real important things in life. That's I'm not even, a I'm not even sarcastic wife. I was going to say, I'm not even being sarcastic. I was wondering. I'm like, I'm like, like the, you, you sound so serious about it that I wasn't sure if it was sarcastic or not. No, no. The sarcasm is, is that it's totally not a thing to be sarcastic about. <laughs> I'm like, all right, are you an infomercial here? Or you, I mean, it sounds a little facetious. So I don't know if I buy this. <laughs> Can't no, read the cues. Uh, you know, going back, going back at 34 is... Uh, or 33 or in your wait, 30s wait when are you turning 34 again i don't remember september 24th september 24th yeah wow. all right it's weird because on one level you know life was great when i hit 30 you know I've, like you i just don't feel i don't feel the need to bash it you know i felt things started kind of evening out you know See, I, I probably showed up a picture that said 30 and feeling flirty <laughs> well i mean yeah i mean like i feel like things kind of start falling together a little bit more like i even if i didn't know what i was doing i was much better at making decisions about how to fake it you know? are you sure are you sure you were better at making decisions a uh, quicker are you sure are you sure i'm i'm, I'm being a jerk <laughs> are you sure about me being sure Oh, who knows what anything is anymore? Anyway. What is life? No, no. Let's um, not make it that podcast. Let's not. <laughs> yeah, no. Um, going back is different. You know, everybody, I mean, of course, in a, we, we all wear masks, so I can only see their eyes, really, you know. Um, the first thing I notice is how young everybody is. You know, 18, see, uh, seeing 18-year-olds is, uh, y- you've heard me, you know, make jokes about it before, but it's kind of like seeing 18s. 18 year olds before around it they look like children they don't look like 18 year olds and i'm and i'm sitting there telling myself well i didn't look that way when i was 18 i was a man you know <laughs> <laughs> and i know that's just like you know i i know that's just bullcrap i just know? i turned 16 and i just stopped aging I, I, i'm some kind of benjamin button man like my niece and her little friends decided they're like no they're, they were like you are not 30 30 is old i was like gee thanks <laughs> well you don't act like a 30 year old you're young and you're fun so we decided that you're 19 and you're not 30 <laughs> well i mean that is the logic of kids like you know how they how they piece together information about you as a person is always really interesting you know i remember before i got uh married you know and this was a couple years ago when i was in college you know my nieces and nephews were young enough then that they didn't comprehend that because <laughs> that's not what an adult does an adult is married with kids <laughs> like them so they basically didn't know how to categorize me you know? <laughs> um but but no, you know, I go back, everybody everybody does seem so young, um, energetic, which in a lot of ways is kind of inspiring because it's like, oh man, you know, I, I could use some of that energy. So I got to, you know, can't show weakness, you know? <laughs> can't show weakness. What? It's like you went back into the jungle or something. The kids are going to descend upon you. Essentially. No, no, it, it's not that bad. <laughs> um, the first couple weeks, I feel were definitely a struggle just from being out of the game of like doing the academic work. You know, I had a seven year break and I went back into, we were on a break. <laughs> yeah, yeah. I, I was away for, I was away for seven, eight years and I went back and like the class classes I'm having to take are like post tonal theory when I can barely remember like my regular theory. Cause I haven't done it in a couple years. So, um, Ouch. You know, a lot of it was like it's a lot. It was a lot of it was like going back to the gym and just finding out how out of shape you are. You know. Oh yeah, yeah. And kind of getting back into the groove of practicing. Uh, that one wasn't as tough. Like, I think I kind of just immediately fell back into swing of that one. And I know a lot of that has to do is with my, you know, my mindset on it is like I'm I'm kind of ready to do this. So I'm kind of just like. Well, it's like training, like you have to, you know, how people build up for a marathon, which I would love to do, but I'm just building myself up to be able Actually, to run them. 
you know, playing piano on that level, you know, or any of these instruments at that level, you know, to do like the recital requirements and stuff like that very much is like athletic training. And it's just like kind of constant. Well, okay. So there is the physical part of it too, because I know a lot of people that ended up with back problems that were pianists and had to get back surgery and things like that. So Uh, luckily I didn't have any back problems. Uh, haven't had any wrist problems yet, but you know, there is just like, I, I feel like a little more fragile, you know, like I feel about it champ. Yeah. I mean, I feel like if I injured something, I'm like, Oh, this would actually maybe take a second for me to kind of pull it together from. And I definitely didn't feel that way when I was in my twenties. Hopefully nobody, hopefully nobody in your piano department listens to this because then they're going to be like, I smell weakness. He's fragile. They will. They'll be like, we can take him out. We can take him out. And I'll be like, no, you can't. I prepared Rachmaninoff today. (laughs) I am armed with Russians. (laughs) I don't even think you could say, you can't say that anymore. Somebody's going to take that out of context. We're talking about Russian composers. Um, And I will say, um, I'm actually not playing any Russian music this semester. uh, You're not? well, they all got are, really. Are there reasons for it? Uh, is it is it because it is it collusion? <laughs> I mean, I, I I did consider colluding with the Russians on this one, and uh, it's a joke. Learning... Yeah, yeah. <laughs> uh, no, I, I for me personally, um, I got small hands, and some of that Russian music does not work. <laughs> too well with my body so i usually just think to myself you know there's some many many great capable pianists who are amazing who are much better at playing that repertoire i'd rather listen to them play it than to me to hack my way through it dude yeah. like well chopin and uh Chopin, Chopin and hands and uh rachmaninoff's hands were massive what he had the spread of like uh, more than an octave Rachmaninoff had, right? I, I think he had, like, he could hit a 12th or something, yeah, something crazy nuts. like that. And that is insane if you ever looked at the piano. And, like, you know, so what we're talking about is, like, the distance of a key. You know, the key's on there. And he could, he could spread his hands, like, you know, oh, yeah. so, over 12 keys. And it's so like, if you're, mm. yeah, if you're looking down at the keyboard, if he started at C, the length from his thumb to his pinky uh so it would be from c major then he would all go all the way up to the f above the c above c major so c d e f g a b c d e f yeah there's actually a really great uh picture that if you just like kind of type into google um hand size pianist hand size it will give you this really good idea how big rachmaninoff's hand really was let me look like, and it will show you on the small end, you got, you know, pianists like Scriabin or Daniel Barenboim, who could basically only get an octave or a ninth and how big that is. Oh, yeah. This is from Classic FM. Okay. Mm-hmm. And then it shows Rachmaninoff and List on the other end, and their hands are massive. And oh, I my just... goodness. Daniel Barenboim has baby hands like us. Oh, yeah. No, no. Like, whenever I'm trying to sit there and decide whether or not I can play a piece well, you know, or if it's going to be one that that will work with my hands, I go uh, and look up uh, Daniel Barenboim or uh, Vladimir Ashkenazi, who both had tiny hands, you know, in comparison. And my hand is roughly about the same size. So I'm kind of like... Of course, an Ashkenazi is not maybe a good one to look to because he also can play all four Rachmaninoff concertos. Yeah. Oh, yeah. Um, but maybe that should also tell me to get over my fear of playing Rachmaninoff. Yeah. You should just fear playing Russian composers' pieces in general. We were both <laughs> wrong. Rachmaninoff, I just looked it up. It is, he, was, he had the spread of a 13th. That's even more insane. Yeah, so he like would that's, mm. he would be able to play from D, so D E F G, so D to E F G A B. Wow. You know, I I think the amazing thing on that one is, and you know, not to go too big on a tangent on this one, is we have recordings of Rachmaninoff himself playing and like how amazing of a pianist he could be, um, and you would think with somebody with that large of hand like they would just be hitting a bunch of extra notes they don't not even meaning to which i know is the case of like some other um pianists like um anton rubinstein was said to basically kind of just always be hitting like wrong notes in his hands just because his hands were so large whoops 
so we can be more accurate. We have little nimble, nimble nubs. Nimble nubs! <gasps> oh, I gotta have a new nickname for you, nimble nubs! Nibble? No, wow, nimble nubs. Okay, that works. <laughs> the double N, N squared. No, 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 you're Chattanooga Lincoln. That, that's gonna stick. Yeah, that's gonna stick until, until I finally realize it's stupid, right? We've not gonna already, happen. We've already known it's been stupid. Yeah, not not me. I I am standing oh. behind that it is an amazing nickname. <laughs> Awkward silence. She doesn't <laughs> even know how to respond. She's like, "Well, I I don't know what to tell him here." Mm. I don't know what to tell you. Um, 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 um. <laughs> but you know, I think since we, you know, we're talking about going back to school, the big, you know, elephant in the room on going back to school right now is like COVID and how they're kind of dealing with it. You know? Oh yeah. So what's, what's what you've been dealing with? You haven't been able to go to the practice rooms. Has that changed? That did finally change for like the first two and a half weeks. Practice rooms were closed. And um, anyone who knows me knew that I was quite upset about it because I still got charged in my tuition to go use like the rec center and all these little extra fees. And I was like, really the one place I actually need on campus, you're going to close off. So, okay, what was their excuse for not being open? uh, That they didn't have, quote, unquote, the supplies that they needed for, you know, know, to keep them sanitary and whatever they needed to do on that one. And after a while, they were just kind of like, well, you know, we're we're not going to get in what we need. So now we, we got these rules in place. So they have rules of you can only sign up for one hour at a time and you have to, after each hour, give them 30 minutes, uh, you know, with the door open to let the air circulate in, um, which is a little pointless if you're signed up for two hour slots in a row, but whatever, you know. Um, Yeah, it's, (laughs) uh, they did finally get it open. And I think to say, uh, you know, on that one, I'm like, well, personally, I thought, you know, not to throw them under the bus, because, uh, you know, I have two thoughts on this one, is is that, I mean, they knew what was coming, you know, oh, I yeah. think to, to be unprepared is a little bit of irresponsibility, um, just due to, like, you know, we, we have known for a while how bad this can be, you know, like, and things we can do to kind of, like, help that, you know, and I do feel like there's been kind of this thing going on, um, and I won't get into it too much, you know, through the country of just like, oh, it's it's going to be over tomorrow, you know, and it's like, well, if we treat it that way, it won't be, <laughs> you well, know. They kept, they kept moving the benchmarks, which was weird. It was two weeks, then we had another two weeks, and then, uh, mm-hmm. well, Pennsylvania anyway, I don't know how Indiana did everything, but uh, he lives in the state of Indiana, by the way, not... Oh, yeah not the county of indiana we have an indiana yeah. county and when i tell people about you as my friend they're like oh yeah indiana county i'm like no it's there's, the state there's an indiana county is that in pennsylvania i've told you this before why my i i don't remember you, you oh. probably totally did i just don't remember oh maybe i didn't tell you maybe i've t- told so many other people that i thought i told you oh boy mm. no um yeah, Indiana's been a little different. I mean, like, and if you, uh, and I will say, like, everybody in the music department itself, like, you know, from everyone I've seen, uh, they're just trying their best. They're trying their best to keep their heads afloat, you know, oh, and figure things ever, out. Like, have we ever had a school year like this in the last 100 years? It's been no. at least 102 years since no. we've had to deal with something like this. Like, so, you know, when I, when I, when I'm talking about, oh man, I feel like some of these choices were a little on the irresponsible side. I don't think it's them in the department. I, I think they're just trying, you know, I think, I think somewhere, so, someone somewhere maybe goofed up a bit, but they're just trying really hard to just like not let the thing, you know, uh, fall under, you know, and I get that, you know. Oh, we're, yeah, I think none of us have any clue what's going on here. And of course, it does seem to be like there's almost like uh, two different sides of thought that, you know, there, there is the side that does seem to think, oh, man, we could do this. Things can be reopened. And then there's the other side that thinks, yeah, no, we're just, you know, th- this is all for show and that show is going to like hurt more people in the long Ugh. run, you know, like it's. I just, 
I don't know. I have no idea what to think what what to think of all of it. I don't know. I mean, personally, I feel that if I'm following, you know, all their like guidelines right now, I actually do feel safe on campus. Oh, good, good. You know, I mean, I, I feel, yeah, just, you know, keep my distance, you know, you know, the social distance, keep my distance from people use hand, you know, they, they have hand sanitizer stations all over the place. Use that, you know, keep washing your hands, wear the masks. I'm doing that. And I don't feel, I don't feel anxious on campus about being there. Oh, that's good. So, I mean, I, there, there is something to be said for that. You know, I I do, you know. Yeah. And thankfully music classes have always had a smaller class size. You'd be surprised if you've ever seen more than 15 people in a class. Oh yeah. And and on that one said, we're, we're all socially awkward anyway. So we want to be about as far away as we can get from other people. Yourself, The opera singers have this down. That's why we don't hang out with you. Oh, you gosh, darn opera singers. Look, we, we, we basically train how to flirt, all right, <laughs> on stage, okay? So we got this. We, we are socially trained. That's actually true, though, so, yeah. <laughs> no, I don't remember you described the opera singers and um, music ma- or the uh, music theater majors. You described them as the jocks and all of the other musicians as the nerds. <laughs> yeah, it's kind of true. Sometimes, though. It is though. I can see it. <laughs> and I play. I, I, I forgot about that. Yeah. I play the pipe organ too, and it's funny. Um, my my friends are always like, and they're like, "Oh, you play the pipe organ." I'm like, "Yeah," but they're like, "But you're not weird. You can talk to people, and you know, you're a woman. That's 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 strange. It's like it looks like you bathe." I was like, "What?" No, no, I, I, uh, you know, I've known a lot of, you know, pianists, keyboardists, and organists, and like we are all weird. It's true. I'll tell you, I'll tell you some stories from when I went to school before, or just really one story that kind of describes kind of how we are as a group. So <laughs> we had a recital, and all the pianists are there, and literally after it, instead of like you know, like socializing like normal people would we're all literally in like this very large circle where nobody is like too close to anyone we're all the proper distance and nobody really knows how to talk to each other um (laughs) you know i think maybe i had like one leg up because um being a little older and um just okay with talking to people it didn't bother me as much but like you I can watch. To, you can. You I can watch how it. To talk. Exactly. I mean, it was. Like, <laughs> you know, I I will say, um, yeah, you know, like like you know, it's just something you practice, like in like yeah, right. But but yeah, no, yeah. literally, just boom, we're all sitting there in a circle, and it's just like this real socially awkward thing, and it's well, hilarious you guys all to watch. Were you guys kumbayaing? What was going on? Uh, no, we were just, you know, talking after the, like, you know, shared concert that had all the pianists on it. You know, it was oh just, gosh. it was just. I remember <laughs> in the theory classes, you could always tell which ones were the pianists. They didn't talk to people. Although there were, um, the young men in the piano department always were very loquacious. They always were like, I remember I had this rivalry with this other pianist that was in the studio that I was in. And I don't know. I think he had a crush on me. I, I that was funny you remember i'm not gonna mention his name but you remember remember. that right (laughs) i remember oh those were good times no i will say yeah the guys we we do like our piano rivalries you guys yeah the piano duels like uh who had those who had the the duels uh list did list do the duels i know beethoven for sure did let me Uh, list did the duels he had a very famous one with talberg you know where they kind of went the head to head like two or three times in a row and then in the very last one on the very last variation list kind of revealed he could do talberg's trick the whole time who, who did it who did it back in the day so beethoven beethoven, and then... beethoven mozart did i mean like my favorite thing about beethoven is, is if you go look at any other composer from his time period most of their biographies literally read and he was trounced by beethoven in a piano trounced? well didn't beethoven i remember a story he went and he grabbed the piano music and flipped it upside down and improvised off of it being flipped upside down yeah there was one duel i'm trying to remember the name of the composer um he came to Vienna. He's like, I'm, I'm going to show Beethoven who's boss. So 
And like Beethoven actually does not go and do this at the duel. He basically like trolls the guy's own concert took after the, his, like, I think it was a string quartet was played, took the music, turns it upside down and then improvises on that for like an hour. (laughs) Wait, now I just looked this up. I fact checked you. I'm sorry. Oh man. No, no, that's okay. It was Daniel's. It was Daniel oh, Steibelt and versus <laughs> Beethoven and Franz Liszt. It was Franz Liszt and Sigis, Sigis, Sigismund Talberg. Yeah, Talberg. Yeah, no, um, I forgot Steibelt. <laughs> it was really funny though, because if you go listen to Steibelt, you kind of start going, is that where Beethoven got his angsty sound? His <laughs> angsty sound. Well, I mean, uh, <laughs> he uh, some of his music's actually very good and it has that real like Beethoven angsty quality to it and i think he may have been around first you know (laughs) like oh yeah oh Um, my god no that's funny that's a blast you know what i think we need to bring back the piano duels i had i had challenged another pianist from the area to a piano duel and it never happened and i probably would have been i would have had the crap beat out of me because i was i mean it it is kind of interesting how it worked out and they did it for such a long time and then it just seemed to stop being a thing and like i guess you know what we should make it a thing again and we were doing a competition (laughs) and then we just kind of crapped out on it what happened i don't know i think life happened life happened like it's like a lot of things you know like oh something else popped up and then we had to go take care of it dang it (laughs) you know (coughs) we were learning the same chopin piece yes yeah Yeah, that was that was fun we need to bring it back Oh yeah, yeah. And people were getting all into it. They were being all Team Hampton. And they were being all Team Nagel. Man, it was it was fun. Oh my God, I can be a team, whatever. That's what everybody likes to do nowadays, right? I mean, uh, I think I'd pick the vampire side. Where did that even come from? Oh, is it like Vampire and Wolf from Twilight? Remember when that was yeah. a thing? Yeah, you know, I, yeah, Team Hampton. You're picking the where? You're picking the vampire. Wait, wait. Why did you? How did? I, when did I have to, when did I, I don't want to be a werewolf. Dibs. I claimed dibs. I don't want to be a werewolf. Too bad. Dibs is sacred. It is sacred. I can't, there's nothing I can do. I don't make the rules. You stole that. You stole that from how I met your mother. Okay. All right. How about you cool it? How about you cool it? Okay. (laughs) Dibs only counts when we're bros and you and I are not bros. (laughs) You know what? I can break bro code because there's no bro code because I'm not a bro. I mean, you're on the council of bros. How did I get on the bro council? Okay, I, I guess am we I can. Honorary you know. bro? Like, what what qualifies as an honorary bro? I mean, um, for that, you're gonna have to go read the book about the bro code. You know, but it does say that women can actually be bros. <sighs> We're not going down that. We're not going down <laughs> That's a loaded topic right there. We are not touching that one. Oh, <laughs> oh, heck with you, Hampton. Heck with you. To heck with me. To heck with you. <laughs> <laughs> Oh my gosh. Oh, well, anyway, I mean, I think, I think we covered a lot of really great ground. I'm, this went to places I wasn't quite expecting. So mm-hmm. I think we did. I think totally. this is great. But uh, what, what else do you got to do today? What's a, what's Ugh. on your agenda? I got to drive back down to Evansville for a doctor's appointment. Woo. Exciting, right? Oh, it's so great being 33. Yeah. Yeah. I got, you know, then I got to clean. Cause like, um, I've been home by myself past couple of days and I'm like, oh God, I got to clean. <laughs> yeah. You gotta clean. Usually it's so funny. Uh, um, our listeners probably don't know this, but we always have extended phone conversations while we're cleaning and we keep stumbling on these really cool nerdy things that we get into. It's like, wow, did people know this? Did people know that? And that's what um, <coughs> led us to want to expand and talk about these things in a podcast fashion. Mm-hmm. So yeah yeah it feels a little weird that i'm not cleaning right now honestly i know i'm sitting here i'm like there's got to be something i can like like we're talking and i'm looking out of the corner of my eye and i'm (laughs) like i wonder if i can just like you know straighten up these uh boxes over here (laughs) and uh not make a sound on the microphone i wonder (laughs) if i could do that i feel 
I feel like that's something I should be doing, right? <laughs> it's, a, it's that Pavlov's dogs thing. <laughs> that, that scene from The Office is so funny. Whenever he always did the ba-da-da, ba-da-da, that thing from the computer. And then every, he would put his, he was like, you want a breath mint? And then he, um, Jim would give him the breath mint. Yes, I remember that. Uh, I've been, always been wondering since then. I'm like, I wonder if that would work on somebody. Oh, apparently it works on us because I'm sitting here. I'm like, I should be cleaning. Yeah, I'm like, oh, man, I could do some sweeping, some organizing, <laughs> laundry, you know. <laughs> so I'm just making I'm cleaning, a mental list. And then, Yeah, and then whenever I'm cleaning, it works in the opposite direction. I'm like, I should call <laughs> Jeff. <laughs> <laughs> That's how, just how that works, you know. <laughs> oh, my gosh. But, hey, I mean, this has been a blast. Me, I got to go to the gym. I got an article I got to finish. And, uh, you know, um, uh, I, I, I got to do some research for uh, some marketing tools and all that. So not related to this project, but. Other yeah. projects. Yeah. The exciting- you're a busy lady. Woo. Woo. I mean, you're, you're busy. You're a busy dude. Yeah, I'm like, oh, because then I'm just like now remembering, oh, God, I got to practice today. Yeah, I was wondering. I'm like, so we just talked about piano for all this time. And when are you practicing? Uh, sometime today. I haven't so, figured out when because. <laughs> is it going to be in a practice room or is. Oh, it no, no, no. I'll be I'll be in my apartment today because I'm like, uh, that's a lot of driving. Otherwise, see right now, the other the last thing on the school thing is. Um, I'm married and my wife works a job down in Evansville. And we decided when we wanted to do this, uh, that she, uh, she was going to stay at her job down in Evansville. So what we did was, is we moved to the city of Vincennes, which is quite literally in the middle between Terre Haute and Evansville. So on, when she works, she travels down to Evansville and stays there for a couple of days and I can travel up and, you know, drive an hour and go to class. So oh, it all nice. kind of works out. The downside is, is yeah, no, a day like today, I'm probably not going to make that trip up there after going down to Evansville to practice. But, you know, luckily, you know, they keyboards are cheap, you know, and as much as they keep trying to act like they're that they'll like, you know, ruin your technique. I'm like, eh, it's still better than nothing, man. You know, no, it's you, better than nothing. It is. Well, you had a lot of trouble getting a keyboard though with everything with COVID going on, didn't you? Oh yeah. You know, it's like anything that happened with COVID is like everything was sold out across the board. You know, I mean, not just keyboards, but just, you know, any, if you wanted to start up any project, your materials that you would need for it were just not there because like everyone had already bought it. <laughs> oh, Sorry. Now, this isn't from my seasonal allergies. This is from the cat. She decided, she's like, oh, she's just standing in one place. Now I can get all of the love. All the love, not just some of the love. All of the love. All of the love. Not not an apportioned ration size of love. All (laughs) of the love. There's just some, I love my cats, but there's just some days I'm like, God, you guys are clingy. Nope, they do that. They do that. Anyway, no. That darn cat. (laughs) That's that's where that saying came from. That darn cat. Somebody had a clingy cat. (laughs) But yeah. All right. Well, we we are both adulting and we have to go do all our our, uh, adulting things because, hey, we're in our 30s. Time's a-wasting, right? Yep. (laughs) No rest for the wicked. Yeah. All right. (laughs) Well, I hope this is the first of many times I have you here on High Resolution Life. And thank you for joining, Jeff. All right. And thank you for having me on. It was definitely a blast. All right. Well, I wish you the best of luck on your Friday. All right. Thank you. You too. (laughs) Bye. Bye.